for those who have been here a while, you know I've been trying to get on the praise team. <laughs> and so far they haven't let me, but that's okay. Today, I don't know if you noticed it, I was right there. One step away. I mean, just a mite close enough, and I would have grabbed it. Let's lift our hearts to the Lord. Father, we just thank you so much for this wonderful day that you have made. And we commit to rejoicing and being glad in it. Fill our hearts with your word, your love, your peace, your joy. Let your word find a resting place in our heart and bring fruit in our lives that transforms us that we might be a light to others. Bless the word today. Bless the pastor. Give him strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, so uh, if, you were, if you've been with us the last several weeks, we've been doing a series called Dare to Dream. And last Sunday was the last sermon in that series. And we laid out like the vision, the dream, the mission of U City Family Church. So if you were not able to be here last Sunday, Go on to our website, click on our, our, our sermons page. You can download that or you can do the podcast or whatever. But I would invite you to do that and get a real strong sense of the trajectory of where we're headed as a church. Um, it's really, really exciting. Today, we're going to enter into a whole new sermon series, and it's called Seasons. And the, the, the concept behind this sermon series is that we all go through seasons in our life. How many of you are happy about this new season, the, the, the autumn that's coming? And I like the, right, the leaves are falling, it's crisp outside, it's nice. Last Sunday, we had some people coming over, and so my wife had a list of things for me to do. Uh, one of them was to rake all of the leaves out of our front yard. So I came home from church, and I was trying to think of a way to get out of that task, and almost as if by divine intervention, we got a knock on the door. Uh, two young men came, and uh, they said, hey, we'd like to, to rake your leaves, uh, $10. And so I borrowed $10 from my wife, and um, man, we got those leaves raked. Uh, but you can't, you can't rake our leaves without me pitching U City Family Church. So I don't know if those guys, are you guys here today? All right, they'll be here. You watch, you watch. Uh, man, they were going to get some business out of this day, but... Um, the, 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 the fall time is like the, the change of that season is so stark and so visual and so visible that I think it sort of calls us into a reflection about the, the seasons in our own lives. Um, there's a passage in Genesis, and we had it up on the screen just a minute ago, and it says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. In other words, as long as the world is spinning on its axis, there are going to be seasons. There are going to be changes. There are going to be transitions. And not only are they natural seasons in our world, but we have these spiritual seasons in our lives. So you and I, throughout our lives, we're going to go through times of joy and we're going to go through times of heartbreak. We're going to go through bright times and we're going to go through dark times. We're going to go through times of happiness. We're going to go through times of disappointment. And God is saying that he is with us throughout each and every one of these seasons. But we are going to go through seasons and we need to be in sync with and in rhythm with the season that we're in. 
Sometimes if we get out of sync with the season that we're in, it can be very, very frustrating. It can be very aggravating, right? You're like, why isn't anything clicking? Why does my life seem out of, out of rhythm? And it may be that we're just not aware of and in sync with the season that we're actually experiencing in our lives at that time. I was at a concert, um, this is a couple years ago, and I was uh, down in front, and there was a, a jazz band, and there was a guitar and keys and drums and some horns, a couple trumpets, sax player, all accomplished musicians, really good musicians. But at some point during one of the songs, something started sounding really off in the, in, the music, in the music. And I'm sitting down front and I'm listening and I'm looking at the musicians and I'm like, it seems like everybody's playing the right notes, but something is off. Something is really weird. And finally, I figured it out. The sax player was actually about two measures behind the rest of the band. I mean, he was playing the right notes, but he was just playing them about, you know, two, two measures too late. And so it just threw off the whole thing. But he was so focused on the notes in front of him that he couldn't hear the music around him. And this happens to you and I in our lives. Sometimes we get so narrow narrowly focused on what's right in front of us, the issues, the frustrations, the challenges, the relationships, the whatever it is that's right there, that we never pull back and get that bird's eye view that, you know what, this is just a season that we're in. And this season has a beginning and this season has an end. And then there's going to be another season after that. But when we get out of sync, when we get out of rhythm with our season, then we get out of sync with God. We get out of sync with our family. We get out of sync with our friends and we get out of sync with our kids right and our relationships become disrupted and we're just struggling and we're frustrated god is is playing a waltz and we're doing the memphis juke and we can't figure out like why it's not working you know what i mean god's calling us to get into the flow of the season uh ecclesiastes says to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven right i mean we just know that there's this flow in our lives Why do we get out of sync? How do we get out of sync? How do we get out of rhythm with our season? One way that we do it is that we try to hold on to a past season. God is pulling us into a new season, but we don't, you know, change is uncomfortable. It's no fun moving into a new season. We want to stay in the old season, and so we're trying to hold on to that old season. You ever meet the guy, you know, who's going to recount his glory days of high school football? I mean, you know that guy? It's like, dude, that season is past, right? Or the girl who was the belle of the ball in college, and that's like everything is in reference to that, and you go, that season is gone, right? Let go of that season. When the Cardinals beat the Dodgers, this NLCS, right, Uh, You know, some of us were dipping back into 2011 and we're like, man, are we going to have another one? Maybe this season is like that season. No, this season is not like that season. And the Giants fans rejoice and you guys just thank you. We've seen it all on Facebook. Let it go. Um, (laughs) I love all the Giants fans in this congregation today. Here's here's the here's the reality. God cannot finish doing what he's trying to do in you in this season, and he certainly cannot move you into the next season if you are holding on to a past season, okay? He can't do the work that he's trying to do in you in this season because it's not accidental. It's not inadvertent that you're in this season. He's got you here, and he's doing something in you and through you, 
right? But he cannot do that work in you if you are holding on to a past season and he can't move you to the next season, okay? So that's one way that we, we get out of sync is that we're holding on to a past season. The other way, and this is the one that I always mess up with, we try to leapfrog out of this season that we're in into the next season because this season is uncomfortable, right? I don't want to be in this particular season of my life, Lord, so let me just skip on to the next season. Has anybody ever done that? You ever been in that? Yeah. Um, eight people in the congregation have been in that. Okay, nine. Okay, good. Um, I lived in Los Angeles for a while, and there was this period after I was working, and then there was this sort of like drop-off period where I was not working for a while, and I was struggling financially, and so there was a little diner by my apartment, and I went down to that diner, and I said, you know, can I just pick up a couple shifts at this diner? Uh, and so I got a couple shifts, and I got the Saturday morning and the Sunday morning shift. Well, let me just tell you something. The Saturday morning and Sunday morning shift in a Hollywood diner is not an awesome season of your life. When you are slinging hash to, like, people, for, this is their lunch. Like, they're partying all night long. They're stopping in for a light snack. Then they're going to keep partying the rest of the weekend. And you're there, and they're saying, you know what? My hash browns are not quite crispy enough. Could you send these back? There were times I would, I would literally go into the bathroom of this diner, and I would just be like, count down from 100 and do not punch anyone and do not do, do not get arrested rome just hold it together god get me out of this season i was i was at that diner for a year and you know what i mean at the time i didn't realize i was in a season at the time i wanted to get out of that season when i look back on that all these years later i go you know what god was actually doing stuff in me in that season even though I wasn't acknowledging it, I wasn't accepting it, I wasn't embracing it, but God was knocking off a little bit of pride, knocking off a little bit of hubris, knocking off a little bit of a sense of entitlement, a little bit of, you know, I'm all that, right? He's like, you know what, why don't you go serve some more hash browns for a little while to the drunk guy over there. Um, Jonah, God called Jonah, said, Jonah, I've got a new season for you. I want you to go to the Ninevites. You know, Jonah didn't want to do it. Moses didn't want to go to a new season. Jesus struggled with going to a new season. Remember, remember in the garden when he needed to go to the cross? Remember his prayer that he, that he prayed in the garden of, of Gethsemane? He said, God, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Can I, can I skip that season? Can I just skip it? You know, we all struggle with this because it's uncomfortable. Um, I want to talk for the next few weeks about the seasons, about a few different seasons that I believe God is calling us into. Um, and these are not the kinds of seasons that, uh, that I would normally, like, just on my own say, you know what, I'm going to preach about these individual seasons, and you'll see why in a minute. Uh, but I really think that as we get ready to move into the busyness and the hustle bustle of the holidays coming up at Christmas time, I, I really do believe that God may be calling us to stop and take stock of where we are, what's going on in our world, our relationship with him, our relationship with our families, our, our, our season in life, our relationship with the people around us, and just sort of take stock of that and, and hold still in that for a little bit and get strength and get rejuvenation so that we can walk into that next season with strength and peace and comfort and power. Amen? Listen to these seasons that we're going to cover um, in the next four weeks. I'm going to cover today a, a season of rest, 
And then we're going to cover a season of reconciliation next Sunday. That's putting things back in the way that they should be. Then we're going to cover a season of recovery. This is healing old wounds, old issues, old problems in our lives. We'll do that in a couple weeks. And then we'll end this series with a season of revival, a season in which God breathes new life into you. Uh, but the, the irony is you don't actually get to number four. You don't get that revival until you've had the season of rest and the season of reconciliation and the season of recovery. So for the next few minutes today, I'm going to talk about and preach about a season of rest. So elbow your neighbor and say, you need this. Yeah. And if they're sleeping, elbow them really hard and say, no, you really need this, right? So this is the hardest season for me to discuss. In fact, I almost completely bailed on this sermon uh, late this week. I'm like, really? Am I going to talk about rest? I'm not the guy. Can we get a guest speaker to talk about rest? Because rest is the hardest season for me. I do not like to rest. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like to rest. Um, I, 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 I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a high-strung person. That's just who I am. I, some of our, our high school, my high school people, Pattonville Pirates, are starting to come to U-City Family Church. We welcome you. Um, but they can vouch for this. I used to get hall passes from my high school teachers just so that I would leave the classroom and go burn some energy off in the hallways, literally running the hallways. That's what I would do. I had a, I had a, a, a teacher, my Spanish teacher, her name was Senora de la Fuente. And what she would do, Senora de la Fuente would have me lie down on the floor and do deep breathing exercises during the class. I am not joking. So some of you that are a little hyperactive, and I feel you, okay? Um, In fact, I used to help Senora de la Fuente out by coming to class a little bit early, and there was a little tab on the wall clock in the room, and you could push that up, and then you could turn it, and that would move the minute hand forward. So then I would go in there, and I would turn the minute hand about 15 minutes forward, so we would get out of class in about 45 minutes and go to lunch. And that was just to help Senora de la Fuente out. That wasn't for any other reason. Here's, here's the reality about rest. If you do not voluntarily enter into a season of rest in your life, a season of rest will force itself upon you. If you don't enter into it voluntarily, it's going to force itself upon you. At this uh, uh, seminar, this conference that we were at uh, in Texas a couple weeks ago, a pastor came and he was giving a talk. And this is a pastor that had not taken a season of rest in 25 years. And he literally burnt himself out, blew himself up essentially in terms of his ministry and his career, ended up losing his church. He fortunately didn't lose his family, but he told this sort of story about what had happened to him, or not what had happened to him, what he had done. And what he had done is for 25 years, he had just been hard charging. uh, And he said, he said, look, I never set out to, to make dumb mistakes. I never set out to, to like ruin things. Right. But I just kept doing and doing and doing and the busyness and the busyness and the busyness became intoxicating. And then it became overwhelming. And then I was just fried. And he never took a season of rest. Finally, uh, he, he, he ultimately had to take a season of rest because he had made so many poor choices and bad decisions. Uh, but he just filled his life with busyness. There's a writer from New York Times, and he writes that busyness 
serves as a kind of existential reassurance. In other words, it gives us this sense that everything is okay, like a false sense that everything is okay. He says it's a hedge against emptiness. Sometimes when we don't have something real and deep in our lives, we will fill our lives with stuff to keep us distracted from the emptiness in our hearts. He says, obviously, your life cannot, be, cannot possibly be silly or trivial or meaningless if you are completely booked, in demand every hour, busy, busy, busy. The truth is some of us really do need to slow down. We need to enter a season of slowing down. It doesn't mean we're going to just quit our job and just go kick it on the beach. You know, the Cosby's just came back from a nice cruise they could have taken us all that, that with you, but man. Uh, but it doesn't mean we just have to, you know, it, it, it disconnect completely from life. But what it does mean is that we need to carve out some time to connect deeply with God. We need to carve out some time to reconnect with our spouse or with our friends or with our kids, right? We need to, re- we need to carve out some time to enjoy God to reconnect deeply with, with the Holy Spirit in our lives, to re, re-understand and, and, and re-emerge ourselves, re-immerse ourselves in the Scriptures, pulling back, canceling some things, taking some time, right, to reconnect and to rest. Psalms 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does he do? He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. This is, this is a good leader, The leader is making the sheep lie down. Rest, he's saying. Lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Your soul is restored in rest. Don't work yourself to the point where, you know, rest forces itself upon you. Let the the good shepherd lead you into rest, into his rest, so that you can be restored and renewed and revived. Rest and the Sabbath concept is so important in the scripture uh, that in the book of Genesis, it says that God created the six days he created. And then on the seventh day, he rested. And what's interesting about the way he describes that seventh day, the six days of creation, he calls good. Everything he creates, good. That was good. That was good. That's good. You know, vegetation, good. Mountains, good. Right. People, very good. Things are great. Right. But you know what he calls the seventh day? He calls it holy. He sets it apart. And it's not nothing else in his creation he calls holy. He doesn't call, he doesn't call people holy. He doesn't call, you know, when he's creating everything, he doesn't call his creation holy. There's no holy mountain at that point or anything like that. But he calls something holy, and what he calls holy is a season, a period of time, a lapse, a period of rest. And in that chapter 2, verse 3, It says, God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. You can put that back up, Don. Why did he make it holy? Because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I met a a young pastor recently and he was preaching on the Sabbath. And I love this quote. He said, in the Sabbath, God is demonstrating that there is goodness in our work, but there is blessing in our rest. God's calling us into rest. For a guy who doesn't rest, I'm preaching pretty good on this topic, all right? Are we, we doing all right? Why is rest so important? Rest reminds us of the source of our worth. 
The source of our worth is not in our wealth. It's not in our status. It's not in our production. It's not in our efficiency. It's not in what we can churn. It's not in what we can do. It's not in what we can generate. It's in whose we are. Our worth is in whose we are, not in what we do. The Psalm 62 says, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Your worth is not in what you do. And that's why I think so many of us get busy, right? Because we think that it makes us important. We think that if we're busy, we're important. If we don't have time to rest, we must be doing something right. And God's saying, no, your worth is in me. I have three sons. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-month-old. And my six-year-old and four-year-old, they like to generate content. These are, they, they, they like to write. They like to draw. They're very prolific. They like to make books. They like to do a lot of stuff. In fact, Jameson and I, Jameson helped me study for this sermon. We brainstormed together. There we are right there. He's drawing, and I'm writing. He, he, he loves doing this, and I love him doing this, right? But I don't love him because of this. I don't love him because of what he does. I don't love him because of what he produces, right? In fact, I've got a six-month-old. The only thing he produces is about 3,000 stinky diapers. And I love him just as much as I love the six-year-old, right? Because I love them because of whose they are. They're mine. And I love them. Some of us have to pull back from trying to prove our worth to ourselves and to others and God and rest in the reality that our worth is in him. It's not in us. It's in him. Uh, rest demonstrates our trust in God. There's a wonderful passage where Jesus and his disciples are out on the Sea of Galilee and a big storm comes up and the waves are lapping over the boat and the lightning is, is you know, flashing and the thunder is rolling and it's terrifying and the ship is about to go down. The boat's about to go down. All these guys are fishermen. They understand, you know, sea and they understand storms and they understand boats, but they're panicking and things are not working out. And so finally they turn to Jesus. And where is Jesus? He's asleep. He's down in the hole of the boat. In fact, the gospel has this crazy little detail. He's got this little pillow, it says, and his head's on the pillow. I mean, he's out. He's not like he just fell asleep. He went and got a pillow, and he's like, he's going to rest. He's resting, right, because he knows where the power is. When they finally wake him up, he's like, you know what? I can take this storm. Chill out. Storm chills out, right? Our, when we put our trust in God, then we are, we're invited into his rest, right? We can let go of our anxiety. We, we can let go of our fear. We can let go of, of the things that worry us because we trust in him, right? Rest demonstrates our trust in God. God is sovereign. He knows the end from the beginning. He spread out the universe. He made the stars. He's got this, right? He's got this. Put your trust in him. The great theologian St. Augustine of Hippo wrote, Thou hast created us for thyself, and our heart is not quiet until it rests in thee. Trust in God. Trust in God. Rest in him. The last point that I want to make about rest today is that rest paints a picture of God's immense grace. 
Rest paints a picture. Let me give you a story to, to, uh, to narrate this. I was talking to a, a, a guy this week, uh, and this, the guy that I was talking to has, uh, came from a, a, a very intense, hardcore, spiritual background. Very works-driven, very you know, strident, like you've got to measure up, you've got to live up. Uh, and this young man took, took some time off, if you will, from, uh, from church. Um, that's a story that is all too familiar to me and, uh, and to many others, but just said, you know what, and, and chucked it for a while and went and spent time just doing whatever he wanted. But at a certain point in his life, he decided, you know what, I, I, I want to come back to God. And so he came back to God and he was telling me today as we were, or not today, this week, as we were talking, he said, you know, I, I, I quit partying. I quit you know, drinking, I quit carousing, I quit doing this, I quit doing that, and I'm just trying to, like, measure up and, like, what do I do to get, you know, back to where I was? I mean, how do I do it? Like, what do I do? And I turned to him and I said, you know, I said, you're familiar with the story of the prodigal son, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, what did the prodigal son do when he came back? And the young man looked at me for a minute, and we just kind of sat there for a second, and then it hit him. He said, he didn't do anything. He just came home. In fact, he didn't even get home. His father ran off the porch, ran out to meet him while he was still a far way off, put his arm around him, put a ring on his finger, put a robe around his back, and invited him into a party. Kill the fatted calf. In other words, you don't have to do anything right now to come and, and enjoy God's grace, right? Just come and sit down at the party for a minute. Just come and enjoy the fellowship of believers for a minute. Just come and let God's grace pour over you for a minute. Just come and adjust to the new reality that you are a child of God and your worth is in Him. Stop trying to work it out. Let him pour his love onto you and into you. Let him be a loving father to you. Find your rest in him. There's a, a great example of this, and Rebecca, you can come up and play, uh, where Mary and Martha, Jesus goes and visits this house, and there are these two women and their sisters. And, you know, Martha is just making sure that everything is right. Everything is together for Jesus. She wants everything to, you know, she's washing the dishes and she's, you know, vacuuming and she's getting it all together, right? And she's not actually vacuuming. This is first century, but you know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and she's getting it all together, right? And Mary, what's Mary doing? Mary comes and she just sits at Jesus's feet. And Martha finally is like flabbergasted. She comes to Jesus and she says, could you please put her to work? Like I'm doing all the work and my sister just sitting here hanging out with you. Jesus's response is priceless. He says, listen, Martha, you're worried about a lot of stuff. You're worried about a ton of stuff. You're going in a lot of different directions. You're scattershot all over the place. You're thinking about this. You're worried about that. You're trying to get this squared away. You're trying to get that covered, right? But you know what? There's only one thing, Jesus said. There's only one thing actually to think about it all. And Mary's doing that. So she's, I'm not going to tell her to go, why don't you just come and rest? Why don't you just come and hang out? Why don't you just come and experience the love that I have for you? God is calling us to a season of rest. 
What does that mean? Maybe that means that you just want to get with some believers, carve out some time, invite somebody to your house and just relax, have dinner, enjoy. Maybe that means that you need to cancel a couple meetings and just hang out with your husband or your wife. Maybe you should, I was going to say skip work, but you probably shouldn't do that. Um, Take a day off work, personal day. Um, Spend it with your kids or hang out with your friends. Cut off the cell phone, cut off the computer, get off the Facebook for just a minute, get some alone time, maybe spend some time rediscovering the scriptures. And I really mean that, like finding the scriptures again, reading through the gospels again in a new way and rediscovering that first love, rediscovering that deep, emotional, intense, pure relationship with God. Letting some stuff go, spending some time in prayer, taking a walk around your neighborhood and just saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for my breath. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my home. Thank you for my family. You know, just thank you for for being here. Thank you for my life, Lord. Just spending some time in rest with God. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. And if you come to me, you will find rest for your souls. Let's enter into a period of rest in our hearts, even if that means just on a Sunday, setting aside a Sabbath, carving out time with your family, carving out time with your friends. As the holiday seasons come, you're going to be you're going to be charging. We're going to be hard charging as a church. Things are going to be clicking. Things are going to be rolling. Ministries are going to be, you know, we're going to be powering through stuff. So let's just stop and take a moment to enjoy and entertain and engage with a season of rest in Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We thank you for your love. We thank you, God, for your mercy. We thank you, God, that our worth is in you. We thank you, God, that we can trust you with everything that we've got, all of our worries, all of our troubles, all of our fears, all of our anxieties, God, we can cast them upon you, and in you we will find rest. We ask, Lord, that you, that you bring us into this sacred and holy season of rest in our own hearts and in our own lives. Help us to lay down the, the busyness of life, set aside the worries, set aside the troubles, set aside the stress and the fear, and open our hearts and just enjoy you. Enjoy the love that you have. Allow you, let us allow you, Lord God, to wrap your arms around us, bring us into your party, kill the fatted calf, and celebrate that we who were far off are now home. We who, are, who were dead are alive again. We thank you for this, Lord. We ask that you be with each and every person in this place. Give them rest in their soul. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.